hello and welcome to the Wolf Wisdom Podcast with Alexandra Loves, and that's me. I'm here with my furry cosmic guardians, Cyrus and Bisu, coming to you from the Moon Garden, and today we're going to jump right in. This is a different episode than anyone we've done so far. <laughs> Remember I said that this is the type of thing where we're going to evolve together. If you don't know much about this podcast, please do go to the first episode called Orientation and Welcome so you know sort of the vibe of what's going on here and what to expect and to welcome you into this audio space that's been created. So today is different because uh, today I'm going to play a replay. (laughs) This is sort of where I'm at when it comes to recording schedule and creating work over here and collaborations over there and learning what it takes to put something out like a podcast on top of all the other, um, all the other responsibilities and all the other dreams that I have. It's, it's really challenging, but it's so worth it. I'm, I'm so glad to be doing it. And today I wanted to share with you something that really represents growth. (laughs) It represents two big things, courage to begin and growth. And I'll tell you when I first started this podcast, the first episode dropped in 2020, those episodes are not up anymore. When I dropped this episode called Off With Your Head, Off With Their Heads in 2020, it took me about five years to just pull off the Band-Aid, even though I knew I wanted to do some sort of podcast or like YouTube show or something. I wanted to share what I was experiencing and my story and other people's stories. And it took me about five years to just be like, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to start. And as you know, I'm not a technology person, I'm not a technology whiz. That was deterring me. It's ultimately the reason why I stopped after six episodes. Also, I recorded these episodes maybe two and a half years ago and didn't release them until holding on to them for about six months. So they're really like, I was a completely different person when these were recorded. So (laughs) it took courage to get started and it took courage to get restarted again. Now I know I'm consistent and I have amazing guests to share with you. I hope you did check out the episode from last week that was beautiful and gentle and powerful with Shame Ali, Naim. Um, Wow, like I'm still inspired and like things are echoing in my mind from our conversation there. This episode today is representing this courage to start and this courage to get started again and also representing growth. You know, I, I just... When I hear this episode, I'm laughing a lot at myself, and maybe you will too, especially if you know me or if you've been listening to these episodes. And, um, you know, I, I think it's important for us to remember that, you know, we're all starting from somewhere and to honor those things that we do or the people that we were to, to honor ourselves on our journey all the way. There is a part of me that's like embarrassed and never wants anybody to hear these episodes again. (laughs) But I'll tell you, when I took down those old episodes, including the one you're going to hear today, there was a lot of people who reached out to me specifically about this episode. And I was like, don't take that one down. (laughs) And I didn't understand it. And the thing is, is that at every point in your growth, no matter where you are, there are people that are that either you're inspiring or really like you or really understanding you and in that form of yourself. And so there's always something to love no matter where you are in your journey, 
it doesn't matter. You're, you're always loved and, and there's always support for you, even if you don't feel it. You know, I didn't know that I had that type of support for what I was doing those years ago until recently. So anyway, growth and courage to begin. And I'm blessing all of you out there who are wanting to start something and have been dreaming about it for many years or months or years or whatever. And, and are right there where you're like, I'm just going to do this. Like, let's do it. I mean, Hey, what else are you going to do in this life? <laughs> Honor your heart, create, create, create. <laughs> All right. So here is the episode recorded in, I don't know, 2019 released in 2020 <laughs> taken off the air this year in 2022, only to return a few months later in the season of growth and a season of courage. The episode is off with their heads. Enjoy. And there stood the queen in front of them, with her arms folded, frowning like a thunderstorm. The queen's argument was that if something wasn't done about it in less than no time, she'd have everyone executed all round. It was the last remark that made the whole party look so grave and anxious. The queen had only one way of settling all difficulties, great and small. The queen turned crimson with fury, and after glaring at her for a moment like a wild beast, screamed, Off with her head! Off! Welcome. Welcome to the Woke Wisdom Podcast. I am Alexandra Loves, a.k.a. the Tranquil Badass, a.k.a. Aya. I am your peaceful and loving guide for this hour. Welcome, benevolent spirits and ancestors, for clearing my way and infinitely blessing me. Welcome, you listeners. Thank you for showing up, sharing your energy with me. I feel it. It's real, especially in a time where sharing the love and the wisdom and the story of medicine is vital if we want to seize the opportunity to create our own abundance and peace, as well as abundance and peace for our whole earth community. Listeners, I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you. You right now who is listening to this, you. Yes, you. Dearest, from me to you, thank you for the support. May your path be clean. And welcome to those who are confused and maybe frustrated or just don't like the content of this podcast or have a problem with me. I've come to an understanding why what is head here and my very existence is challenging to you. And I pray that you will find what you're looking for in the world of podcasting. I hope you find peace and joy out there. And if you choose to continue, even with your contempt for me or this podcast, if you choose to continue with us listeners and my spirits and my ancestors, um, may you experience something that will soften your heart and bring you peace. Let's get started. The Queen of Hearts. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I. This podcast is about dreams. And, and something that, that happened in, that happens in my dreams. And I wanted to share it with you because uh, so much of our wisdom comes through dreams. And especially right now, a lot of the people I talk to and work with are experiencing 
very heavy dreams, uh, collective dreams, similarities in their dreams. I had somebody speak to me recently who almost explained a dream that I had word for word. We're all drawing, most of us are drawing, drawing from similar, if not the same record. And I wanted to talk about the Queen's Hearts because one of the things that happens in my dreams when I am approached by a being, uh, a spirit that uh, does not want well for me, that is demonic for me, that is trying to stop me in my path, I tend to uh, finish them quickly. And this is something that has happened in my dreams before, but especially in the last couple of years, I don't spend time with them as soon as in my dream I feel the uh, misalignment. I feel the uh, the clear signs, and there are many of them, that this person is after me. That's it, off with their heads. And I have that in common with, <laughs> with the Queen of Hearts. In my dreams, I cut off heads. I remove spines, snap spines. I grind them into powder. Uh it's very, it's violent, but it's not gory, if that makes any sense. I find it interesting how Lewis Carroll, when writing this book, really seemed to tap into the elements. This, uh, the way I perceive it is that this is, the Queen of Hearts is a mechanism of nature. Nature is, is gener and by nature, the elements of nature I'm talking about earth, wind, water, fire. The elements of nature are the basis of, of all life, and we can always look to nature to understand anything, everything. And those natures are, are in us and, and often show up in different combinations in us to create our personalities and how we interact with other people and how we think, how we process food, all this. Now, I'm not talking, this isn't um, like my views. This, I mean, it's my views, but this is, this is the basis for so many indigenous belief systems and practices and, and our, our first ways of interrelating with the world and, and divinity. If you are seeking wisdom about anything, look to nature first, always. What I love about the Queen of Hearts is that she is very much fire. And you will notice, especially if you start paying attention to your dreams, you will start to notice where uh, the elements of fire and water and air show up in your life and, and how, how you interact with challenges or integrations, how you just engage with life. And Queen of Hearts, if you look at the text Lewis Carroll wrote, she is a fire by way of lightning, and, and also consequently uh, thunder, which comes with lightning. He says, and as you heard in the quote before, she is, what, frowning like a thunderstorm. What does that mean? What Frowning like a thunderstorm. I'd love to see pictures of what you think that means. Please send them to me. <laughs> Frowning like a thunderstorm, uh, she she uh, stomps on the ground and and walks around like a thunderstorm. He says that a couple of times. Stomping on the ground, that you know, it's symbolizing this this lightning hitting the ground. Uh, she's always screaming with passion. She's causing confusion and fear. And it's interesting. 
I have been in a situation where I've been very close to lightning and had to run for my life from purple lightning. By the way, he, he does uh, describe her as being purple. I had to run from lightning. I was being chased down the sand dunes by a lightning storm. It was the closest I've ever been <laughs> to lightning, and I never want to be that close again. And I imagine that that is the fear that the characters around her are feeling because they know that there is no... There's no judgment with her. There's no, she doesn't care about the sentence. Like I said before, she just strikes off with her heads, off with her, anything that gets in her way. And to me, this commands some respect. We can, in our lives, experience, okay, we'll have a conversation about, when something happens, we'll have a conversation about this. If something gets in our way, we engage with it. We might try to figure out what the nature of it is or We might sit in council with elders or friends about it. And at some point, we do have to act. At some point, we do have to make a decision and keep going. And sometimes that does look like a beheading. (laughs) Sometimes it does look like we're making a, a very cut and dry decision. I will not do this thing anymore. I will only speak to this person about this thing. I will... I will... Uh, curb this behavior immediately. This nature of quick fire, that is lightning, it's really anti-wishy-washy. And I feel like when we're living in mediocrity, we get really wishy-washy. I feel like when we're, when we're sort of going by the, living our life by the guidelines of a, over, of a, of a sort of structured higher power, like a, a government or an institution, we we easily get into indecisiveness. And so over this time, while we are stuck in our houses, <laughs> um, looking at this veil being pulled back and seeing the corruption and, and also seeing some of the awesomeness that we forgot was there, remember the Queen of Hearts, remember this this energy, this quick fire energy of making a decision and, and going with it, especially when it comes to something that is in your way. We're talking about specifically about things that are, that are in your way. It doesn't mean you can't have compassion. It doesn't mean that you have to personify the queen of hearts in her personality. I'm just talking about the mechanism of her nature. If it's in the way, done with it. Off with its head. <laughs> I should add this, especially when we're talking about anything that shows up that clearly is what you might call evil. What I like to call that which wants to knock me out of my alignment, that which wants to control me, that which is seeking to manipulate me. That is definitely the time to tap into your fire, to tap into your your quick fire and cutting the head off of that energy coming towards you. So in my dreams, and I hope that after you listen to this, you start to pay attention. If you don't already pay more attention to what's going on in your dreams, because you'll know more about yourself and your nature, how you interact with the world. You'll start to get clues about how to interact with those around you my ancestors and my spirits come very directly to me in my dreams and more intensely and more intensely as I develop my relationship to them. 
I'm going to share with you right now a piece of wisdom that came to me in a really interesting way. I was, uh, <laughs> I went to a very uncomfortable <laughs> event and it was a event where you get to meet all sorts of people who uh, have different types of gifts. They, they work with crystals and energy and uh, reading and dreams and tarot cards and, and psychics. And I tend to be very wary of those places. I think I think these types of events are, are important because it gets the practitioners of these types of healing practices, sciences, yes, some of them are sciences, healing practices, sciences, um, these different ways that wisdom is delivered, it gets them out there, it gets them connected to who their people are, and it gives people opportunities to maybe get readings or get healing help that they wouldn't be able to get somewhere else. And it also provides an education for people who have no idea what that world is or don't trust that world. It gives them a, an opportunity to be exposed to that, those types of things. I personally, though my work is sort of grouped in with, with that, you know, that world, I personally tend to <laughs> avoid those places because, because they attract a lot of people who need healing. And <laughs> that means a lot of time in those rooms, there's a lot of erratic, chaotic energy, a lot of um, people who are in desperation, and this is not to deter you to, from ever going to one of these places. It's just that for me, I am so sensitive that when I walk in and I, and I tend to attract a lot of people who are, uh, in that really want help. Uh, when I walk into those places, I absorb, a, I have to have a lot of good shielding and <laughs> have to have, my boundaries, you know, times 10. And so I tend to not go to those places because it's just overwhelming for me. And at that time in my life, I did not know. I did not know how to create really great psychic boundaries for myself. And so I walk in and I am bombarded with <laughs> feeling everything and overwhelmed. And I decide I'm going to I'm going to hang out, and if, if this doesn't subside, then I'm going to go, and hung out, and it didn't go away, but then before I left, this one person, this one shaman was like, do you, you look like you would like to do a journeying session, which at that time in my life, I'd never done, and I was like, yeah, sure, awesome, how is that, I had done meditation, I, I was asking, you know, how is this like meditation, alike or different than meditation, and it's very much like a meditation, you will find as you journey into the world of of meditation and shamans and possibly different yoga practices or uh, Jungian practices, uh, ancient to newer practices, you'll find a lot of overlaps, a lot of things that are called something else in a different practice or, or tradition. And it's up to you and up to the people who are delivering it to you to decide whether or not it's appropriate for you. By the way, all the more reason to get in touch with your spirits and ancestors because they can help you guide help you guide yourself in, in those things. So I'm sitting with a shaman and she delivered on to me one of the most profound pieces of wisdom that I had experienced at that time in that time of my life. And it was that when you're sitting in a focused session of meditation or journeying, 
or in your sleeping dreams. Consider that everything that you experience is real. Now, that's uh, all these questions came up for me because I was like, wait, what is real? And what is my waking life versus my, my meditative life versus my dreaming life? What, what is real? And we'll talk a lot about all those philosophies and, and all of that more and more as this podcast goes on and, and evolves. Uh, but she said, you know, when something comes up, if you think of as it, if you think of it as real, then you will start to appreciate it and respect it and engage with it differently than something that is something random that just showed up in your dream that doesn't mean anything. Think of it as real. It came from you. It came from a spirit. It came from some place. And if you really want to be on the spiritual journey and live your life consciously, spiritually, uh, you know, conscious, consciously as a spiritual being, then all that you experience, all that you experience, not just what you can see, touch, taste, and feel, all that you can experience is very real and is, is wisdom for you to draw upon. Sometimes it's, it's a warning or a lesson. Sometimes it's, it's guidance that you need. It is real. And I did, I did ask so many questions about that and kept coming back to that, that piece of wisdom. And I realized that after sort of years of coming back to this, this idea that what comes up in these visions, sleeping, dreaming, and uh, journeying meditations is real. I realized that I was in my own, um, I want to be really clear about this. In my, in my own journey, I sometimes forget my nature. I sometimes forget what I'm here for, what I'm here to do, to live in my passion and purpose. I get so plugged into the system and so uh, severed from my conscious connections to my wisdom, to my birthright, to my gifts, to my abundance and prosperity, self-generated. That when I get these guidance and messages and warnings and lessons, whatever it is, in my dreams, I'm just like, oh, it's just a dream. Instead of holding what I'm experiencing in these dreams and visions, journey, meditations, as real and sacred and a constant reminder and an anchor of who I really am and what I'm here to do and my guidance and my wisdom and my gifts. This dreaming, this, this how I show up, how I show up in these dreams, the experiences I have are like this roadmap for me. And they are completely in tune, if not also created by my guides, my bloodline, my spiritual family. What better guidance to follow? What better uh, trust can I have than my, my sit down and chat with my divine family than through visioning and dreams and meditation? And who am I to sit here conditioned and plugged and plugged into a system, who am I to sit here and, and say that this is more real 
and more significant, these control structures, these uh, stay small structures that we live in, these create as much fear for manipulation structures. Who, why would I value as this being more real than what happens with my ancestors, with my divine beings, with my higher self, with me being in my true nature, in my dreams? So what I experience in my dreams is all sorts of things. And, and you know, I, I have a wide range. Sometimes things that are happening that are super funny. Like there is, <laughs> there is a cafe I go to on a regular basis on a warm beach island. It's kind of secluded, but there's sort of some old, <laughs> there's, there's some old cafes there, family-owned cafes that have been there forever. There's a couple that I return to in my dreams all the time, and I always have a conversation with the server there. And it's and it's never seemingly significant until something that that server said shows up in my life later. It might be months or years later, where I'm like, oh, yeah, I had this conversation with someone. I'm like, oh, yeah, it was, it was in my dream. It was this person I meet in my dream. I have reoccurring characters protectors there are are in my dreams these <laughs> these two spirits that show up as musicians and anytime i am about to be challenged with an entity and an evil entity what we call evil entity a, a entity or being a spirit a demonic spirit that wants to do me harm it seems like these two spirits are always there playing music on the side they show up they show up looking differently, but they always are two musicians who are there uh, just playing beautiful music, and they will not leave my side until I have beheaded the demon. <laughs> One really important aspect of our dreams that I really hope that once you listen to this podcast that you can take with you and use and help in the healing of yourself and one of the biggest ways we can heal ourselves when it comes to how we show up in this world is to end patterns that are toxic, that keep us small, that keep us down, that keep us afraid, that make us easy to control and manipulate. Those patterns can look like a whole bunch of different things for, for different people. And I started to notice in my dreams, especially starting around 2015, I think is, is, uh, is accurate, that there was a lot of medicinal guidance going on. A lot of uh, celebrations and clues as to how to end patterns. And I wanna speak about this pattern that if you're anything like me, if you're open, if you're sensitive, you're empathic, uh, highly sensitive, this really can happen for anybody, but especially for people, if you're a teacher or a light worker, if you're in those categories, you might find that you have patterns with those which we call narcissists or vampires, those that are controlling and manipulative. And I, for a long time, had this pattern. It's a very specific pattern, and that is bonding with a vampire, or somebody fits into that category, we'll just call it vampire, okay? Bonding with vampire, opening up the old wounds and patterns of bonding with vampiric people, all that old guilt and shame coming up, right? All of that, how did this happen again feeling? <laughs> and the next part of the pattern would be when then I realize it, try to get out, and everything goes up in flames because for those of you who don't know, when you 
when you have a vampire feeding off of you, feeding off of your energy, taking advantage of everything you have to offer and trying to keep you down, when you sever that tie, the tactics they start to use and the manipulations and the behaviors they start to use on you can feel and be even more toxic because they're trying to hold on to, you know, your feeding place for them. And so that whole going, this is part of the pattern, you know, the bonding, the, the shame and guilt, the old wounds being woken up, and then all the stuff, go, the whole thing going up in flames when, when you cut off the supply, and then the further fear and guilt and mindfuckery, self-mindfuckery that start to plague me when worrying about the loss of friendships and connections and what people will think of me that might be in the vicinity know what's going on or, or might, you know, decide to, to allow themselves to be under the influence of this toxic person. That specific pattern is one that I was in for a really long time in my life because I did not understand myself, who I was. I did not understand um, personality disorders. I've talked about this on this podcast before, and I'll talk about it again because I think it's one of the biggest plagues it is a far bigger plague than what we're dealing with in this pandemic, and that is toxic, vampiric people and systems. It's the blight of this world. And I want to tell you about a time that in my dream, a very medicinal dream, in which a spirit which had visited me before, let's call her the goddess for now, it's not appropriate for me to reveal this spirit's name and what it means to me, so we'll call her the goddess. Who This goddess has come to me before in different journeying meditation experiences, and she was there in a dream to help me end this pattern, which had plagued me and cost me in my life resources and money and made me feel small and second-guess myself and made me feel like I was low value and I had to climb up out of and cause what we call what we call in the West PTSD. It was the blight of my life. And it was repetitive. And I couldn't believe that it kept happening again. This is for any of you of you who relate to this or are trying to understand it, know that even the most powerful people, the most awesome and generous and, and of integrity people, these types of relationships with vampiric people can happen again and again until a person understands who they really are and their nature and how to deal with their own gifts and have learned how to maintain boundaries and standards for themselves that help them in dealing with this type of vampiric person. So I was in this position. I had known a person for a few months. This person, uh, Obviously, in the end, it was obvious that this person had a lot of narcissistic behavior, manipulation behaviors. Let's call this person a vampire. And I had already started to learn about personality disorders. I had already started to learn, have I was already starting to learn spiritual practices and divinity practices and was understanding some of the deeper implications about how sometimes you can meet in your life people from different tribes. This goes back to ancient, ancient, your ancient bloodlines. You can meet 
and come across people who maybe in different lifetimes, thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago, or maybe in a different dimension spiritually, is your enemy. Is someone who, who, no matter how you meet them in whichever lifetime, until you do something about it, is always going to try to end you, is always going to try to attack you from every every side that they can. And that is what was happening with me and this person. I'd already started learning about these things. It took me some months to catch up to embodying them and realizing like, oh, that's what this person is. This isn't just somebody who is toxic, manipulative, and erratic. This isn't just somebody who is destroying parts of this community that we're in. This is someone who literally has a vendetta against me. And I found out later that uh, behind my back, they definitely had a vendetta for me. <laughs> I didn't know it at the time. So I was going through this, this, this part of the pattern. Remember what I said the part, the pattern was, I was going through the part of the pattern where I was starting to sever the ties so that this person couldn't feed on me anymore. And they were coming at me, like, you know, everything went up in flames. They were coming at me with all sorts of, um, yelling and, erratic behavior. And I found out later, you know, trying to destroy stuff that I was attached to behind my back and uh, trying to guilt me, cause guilt within me and doing all the most nasty manipulative and controlling behaviors that you probably can imagine or, 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 or heard of. And I was in my I was in a weak place. I was in a place where I wasn't feeling confident. I was feeling isolated from the community that used to be around both of us. I was, I was going through that thing in my head where I was going, how is this happening again to me? And I knew at that time that when patterns repeat over and over again, you do, they're going to keep repeating until you act differently. And even then when you act differently, when you cut the head off that pattern, you still might be challenged with what initiates that pattern again, but you won't get bonded to it. You won't get more deeply into it. And therefore it won't suck out so much of your life force. It won't take so many of your resources. I was at that point where I hadn't yet learned how to cut myself off from or not get deeply involved in or bonded to a vampire that was approaching me. I had let myself sort of get duped. And part of how I got duped was community clout. And that is when you have someone, um, we saw this with Harvey Weinstein, or yeah, Harvey Weinstein, where super toxic, uh, rapist, it is now confirmed by our laws, uh, super toxic, manipulative, probably sociopath, I don't, you know, some sort of, he's somewhere in that spectrum, um, that was really toxic with a lot of people and, and destroyed a lot of, tried to destroy a lot of people. And there are others around him who didn't experience anything like that. And so when somebody, a lot of people who fit into this category of personality disorders, vampires, manipulators, let's call them vampires. When vampire, there's a, one of the skills that they often have is they can charm anybody. They're very charismatic. And so you'll have communities where you'll have a super toxic vampire and you'll have a few people know what's really up. And then you'll have a whole bunch of people around them. <laughs> 
who are like, this person's awesome and amazing. How could you say that? You're crazy, right? And it supports it supports them keep going. So to keep going. And so I had gotten a little deeper in bonding with this person because of the community cloud around us, who was in high support of the, of this person. And at that time, I was really feeling all the feels about about losing people who I considered really good friends and, and you know, sibs. <laughs> I, I thought I had made some sibs in this community. And I was in mourning because I felt like I was losing myself. I was, the fact that this was happening to me again, this pattern, you know, I, I had gotten myself close in with a vampire. I, f I, was, I was experiencing a lot of self-judgment and shame. And so in my dream, so I sat in meditation, and this was in the middle of, you know, being called by this person and being yelled at on the phone and, and you know, knowing some of the tactics um, this person and, and, his, and their cohorts um, would use to paint a picture, a negative picture, to vilify to bully on someone who was sort of walking away, who was, you know, taking away themselves as a feeding ground. I had, I sat in meditation because really the best thing you can do, it's always the best thing you can do, but especially if you're dealing with toxicity in your life or you're dealing with someone who's coming after you, before you act, you should always go within. That's true for everything, but especially in these times, you should go within if you are feeling challenged in, in a way like this. And so I sat in meditation, and usually for me, and this is true for, for my dreams as well, the most powerful time the most powerful messages for me come right as I'm dropping into sleep or if I'm sitting like a journeying session or something, it's, it's right when my brain allows my, when my mind relaxes and I dip right down into my heart or in that window of when I'm about to awake or if I'm journeying, it's, it's right when sort of I'm starting to return to a natural, like the state that I'd be talking to you in now. Like when I start becoming more animated in, in my avatar, I guess is a good way to put it. And in this meditation, I heard this voice that said something to the effect of this is the end of this. Because I was meditating on this particular subject, on, on my experience with this person and this pattern. And they said something like, this is the end. And then I went into this whole long journey about a whole bunch of stuff in my life. But I was like, what was that in reference to? Then I went to sleep. And in my dream, I was standing and this person, fully how they look, they weren't, they didn't look like, sometimes when people show up in your dreams, they look like something else with the same essence energy. It was the person. It was clear as day. And some of you have dreams like this where you actually, it's more of a memory or it's more of a, um, it's more of a occurrence that is, that is uh, where you can touch it 
feel it, taste it just like in your real life. That's what this dream was like. I was in space. The stars were all around me. Um, a, a terrestrial place that's unknown. So it wasn't like I was looking at Earth and Pluto. It was just a terrestrial place unknown. When I am in the terrestrial places unknown, I tend to see colors and shapes that I can't really, there's not words for them. So I'm floating in this in this vast expanse and this person comes up to me, this person I was having trouble with in my waking life and they have a hand and their eyes are glowing and they have a huge knife in their hand and they are so angry because remember, this is when I've decided in our waking life, I've decided that I'm not going to let myself be a feeding ground for this person anymore. I've said no. I've exited our connection. I've made it uh, clear in, in a graceful, and pub in a public way, I've made it clear that I'm not associating anymore. Not in a call-out way on Facebook. I just mean I was not showing up in a way that the community around us would expect us to show up. I was ex excommunicating myself, and it was, it was clear that not for any reason that people knew. It was just like, I'm done, I'm moving on, right? And so for this person, uh, their function is to keep me chained so they can keep feeding on me. And so in this dream, they, they were, in our waking life and in our dream, they were flailing. They were every threat, all the threats, all of the what I'm gonna do to you, all of the, um, all of the put down, everything. And they come up to me with this knife. And I had a moment of fear. This is this medicinal dream I'm telling you about. I had a moment of fear. And then something shifted. And I sort of astral projected out of my body, just like backwards, like my spirit, my very nature, who I am, also my cerebral mind just came out of my body. And all of a sudden I was in two and I could feel myself projected and watching and I could also feel my avatar being moved. And in came this goddess I was telling you about. And there was like this moment where, where I don't know if she's asking for permission, but it was like, let me, let me take this body. And I, I was like, yes, because it felt good. When I had something that feels this good to allow to take over me, the answer is going to be yes, because if I fight against it, it's going to make the whole situation uh, far more torrent. So I can feel her in my body. And as this vampire is approaching with this knife, spitting and raging, and their face is turning red and their eyes are glowing, it's obvious they're coming to kill me, presses the knife up against my throat. I feel the blood trickling down my throat and I feel this goddess as me. I just feel the corners of her mouth turn up and I feel her raise up her arms as if to allow him closer and to embrace him, just arms sort of raising up from her hips and open. Almost like you would see um, the depictions of the European Mary, right? The, the white Mary has the, she always has the white, the, the blue veil and her arms are out. Like, so this European Mary, that, that depiction you see in a lot of Christian churches that, that celebrate Mary in that perspective. And I see the corners of her mouth turn up and, and this vampire hesitates. And he's still like, you know, like just a demonic. And she takes her, she waits 
And then she just takes both sides, her, her hands very slowly over his on both sides of this knife and helps him push it through. And friends, I felt it go through my sinew. Now it didn't hurt. It didn't hurt. It wasn't gory. But I felt the knife go through my sinew. I felt it go through my my uh, air pipe and the air, and the air splatter out, and I felt it snap the back of my neck. And then, as it snapped the back of my neck, this goddess, as me, takes her arms and slowly embraces this person, further pushing them in, following the knife into my body, absorbing them. And then as I'm absorbing this, this person, some melding went on and turned into the, all these like, I don't know, black wings and all this fluttering and all this, all this sound and, and popping and just all this sounds that I cannot explain to you. A lot of percussive sounds, metallic sounds, high string sounds. And the matter that we turned into became the universe around us. There were more stars. There was more terrestrial, more terrestrial beings. And that was the end of the dream. <laughs> and so you're probably wondering, what the F? What is she talking about? <laughs> so when, you, when I had a dream like that, it's like I woke up and I was like, what just happened? It all was in, in, the, in moments. It wasn't like this was a long dream. It all happened in moments. And I, I went to my, my elders about it and, and it was in divinity practices about it and, and spent some time coming, visiting this dream and, you know, having wonderments about this dream. And realized that what this goddess had been telling me before this is the end. Realized over time that she was telling me that it doesn't even matter if this demon, who is representative of this pattern in my life, okay, it doesn't matter if this demon cuts off your head, you will make a universe. It doesn't matter if, if this demon tries to infiltrate your system and become you. You can welcome that and still create a whole universe and still survive and be powerful and strong. There were other things that within divinity practices that I learned about our relationship and our, our ancient history of meeting. But the point I want to get to today is that this was such a powerful vision. It was such a, it was such a healing experience that following the months following my experience of excommunicating myself from this person, my experience of deciding not to be the feeding ground for this person had been the easiest exit I had ever had when in this pattern. I didn't have any doubts about myself anymore. I felt more hopeful about my abilities to deal with this if it were to come up again in my life. And then, a couple years later, like I said before, even if you end a pattern, the things that show up to catalyze the pattern don't always 
don't always disappear. Someone else, another vampire showed up in my life just a, a, maybe a couple years later and tried to catalyze that pattern where I become the feeding ground, where I become the manipulated, where I become small, where I become dependent, where I start getting isolated from those things that ground me, where I can't hold up my own boundaries. That, that person, a, a, a vampire, a different person, showed up again and tried as they might. I saw every window and every opportunity for myself to get caught up in that. And that vampire kept coming back and kept coming back from every angle, highly intelligent. Some of them are more intelligent than others. Some of them have more inspiring ways to get you hooked than others. And in that relationship, that particular person had many blow-ups with me and many trying to throw things up into flames, but there never was a bond to begin with that could affect me. And I went through that whole process with that person without ever feeling small or, or scared of, of how it affected me and the people around me. Dreams can be medicinal. This goddess showed up and said, this is the end. And then she showed me my potential and my nature. She showed me and I felt how detrimental, how seemingly detrimental an interaction with, with, this, uh, with, a per- with a vampire can be. And yet there I was still creating universe in my, in my, from myself, from my material, from my body, from my nature. This wisdom that I gained about myself is something I will, ne- I will never forget. And it's something that I continue to draw on when I'm feeling those weak moments in my life. I was shown very clearly what my nature is and that I have support. And, oh, I'm so, so grateful for having that experience. I'm here to answer your questions in this podcast, and you can send those in to wokewisdompodcast.gmail.com. They can really be questions about anything. You can also text them, and that's obviously the easiest way. Put this number in your phone. It's 601-301-6974. Uh, you can text me there, and I will I will get back to you. I'll try to answer as many questions as I can as I can on the podcast. And I want to tell you. At first, this is kind of a happy accident. At first, I recorded this podcast, and I was trying a new mic, and I had it sitting sort of low on my body, and my cat, Bisu, the little orange cat, was sitting in my lap, and he's a purring cat. He has a deep, a very deep purr, and he does it for a long time. He can purr for over an hour, and he's sitting there. And I went to go listen to the podcast and realized that he had been purring the whole time and the mic was in the perfect spot to catch the whole thing. So even in between, I could edit it out between words, which took for, I started to do that. And I was like, oh, this is going to take me like days and days. <laughs> or, <laughs> or I was like, well, maybe I could leave the purr in. But as I'm talking, you're just hearing this like, it sounds like a, it sounds like a jackhammer next door. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> so, and he knows I'm talking about him because it says his name. He's staring at me right now. So 
what I did was when I re-recorded this podcast, I asked out there, hey, what are your questions about dreams? And I got enough to answer on this podcast. So the questions today are specifically about dreams, although you can ask me any questions you want, and I'd love to answer them. So this first question is, what does it mean when everyone in your dreams that you meet, they ignore you, they try to avoid you, like eye contact and stay away from you? That's a good one. Uh, first, I just want to really quickly touch on dream interpretation. And this is important because in the end, the interpretation, it's important for you to land on something for yourself. You could take your dream and ask a uh, priestess from Senegal. You could ask a psychic from Sweden. You could ask a shaman from Hawaii. You could ask a Instagram dream reader and could get things that are outlandishly different and things that are similar. In the end, you have to decide what makes, what is most aligned with you and what instinctually or intuitively feels like the best way to go. So in the end, it's always about your interpretation and know that your interpretations from different people are going to be very, very vastly uh, different. And sometimes there's overlaps. That's really important. That's true with tarot card reading. It's true with all divinity. We are not all in the same specific spiritual families. We don't all interpret the grand record of all things the same way. And not everything that you run into is in integrity is in integrity. Let's leave it at that. So know that whatever interpretation I give you here, keep searching, keep finding out, you know, check in with yourself if, if that makes sense for you or not. When talking about being in a dream where everyone is, let's see, let me look at it really quick one more time, where everyone is avoiding you, avoidance, not wanting to look at you, staying away from you. First, I want to lay just a, a, um, a groundwork of my, uh, in my practice and my knowing, when you are in a dream, it's really your, yourself in your fullest expression. It's your spirit. It's everything that makes you up from your bloodline and spirit to your, to your ancient seeds of wisdom, all the way to all your earthly experiences in this particular avatar in this time, all of that together. That's you're huge. You're powerful. You're multidimensional, your highest self. That's the you, you are in your dream. When that spirit is is walking around experiencing you know whatever the experience is in the dream and all other beings whether they are spirits or representative of of specific energies are not wanting to interact with you it could mean many things one of the one of the common things it means is that there's something on you they don't want to get on them that's that's a a very specific uh, a very sorry um it's a very common thing. And part of that is because a lot of us do not do a lot of practices in cleaning our spirits in cleaning our family karma. So oftentimes when I hear that, my 
most of the time my immediate response is going to be cleanliness. How clean is this person? And that does mean physically. It also means spiritually. Another interpretation could be because these spirit, these beings that you're running into might specifically represent people you know. It could be, especially if you're, you're in a place where you're having some sort of awakening where you're starting to unplug from the systems that we get conditioned with. If you're starting to, you know, be that person where everybody's like, I don't know what you're talking about (laughs) or trying to shut you up because they can't handle what you're talking about. Sometimes if these beings that you're running into are representative of specific people that you know, it could be quite literal in that they just don't know how to interact with you. They don't know how to look at you. They, they are afraid. There is, there is fear about you. Those would be my, the top two things I'd go to. Of course, I'm answering questions through a podcast and, and if we were to sit in a session or something and, and we're, you know, I'd ask many additional questions and find out a lot more about you, but that is, those are the two most common uh, I've had those dreams before, and those are the two most common things that come up when when that when that um, shows up in a dream. I will say that there is in dream dream analysis can can go from the very shallow to the very um, deep. Personally, for me, when I do dream analysis, I'm throwing shells. And asking lots of questions. And I consult with my my elders when we're talking about dream analysis. Not everybody has access to that. That's not um, a practice that is for everybody in a certain sense. Uh, but my suggestion is you always keep digging. Always, always, always keep digging. Okay. The next question is, why is it you can go long periods without dreaming? There's so many, again, there, <laughs> this is a great question because I've definitely had this experience. There's many reasons for this. And the first is I'll go, I'll go from, um, I'll start with a, a, a spiritual reason. You could be, uh, there could be something blocking your connection to your spirit. The dream state is something in which your spirit commands and your spirit travels through that, that higher you. Something could be blocking your path. It could be some karma. It could be some, some root somebody put on you. It could, be, um, it could be something that you have done and didn't know that you, you did. It could be something that your uh, great aunt accidentally did and put on your family. (laughs) That'd be family karma. Figuring that out for yourself is really something that you, the best thing to do is, is to consult with somebody who has a deeper understanding and knowledge of those things. And I think that's one thing we should talk about on the podcast at some point is getting really, um, finding the, finding your spiritual family, being guided by your ancestors and spirit guides so that you're, you know that you're working with people who understand what's in your DNA, how you were, how you were made, um, that understand your spiritual path because there's a big difference between me going to my elders and 
uh, people who understand who I am spiritually and going to someone who has not even the framework for understanding that about me. It completely changes how effective and, and how healthy and clean interpretations will be, ceremony will be for me, healing will be for me. Okay, another question. Why is it you can go for long periods without dreaming? There's so many reasons. The, the, the very first spiritual reason, we're talking specifically about your spirit, because it is your spirit that is, that is doing the journeying and the traveling in your dreams, is that something is blocking you from your spirit. Some, someone has put roots on you or something. Maybe something in your family karma that is blocking you from your spirit. That is one way. Another way is quite structurally the health of your body. The more, okay, as above, so below. What happens within happens without. If you fill your body with toxins, if you are participating in putting stuff in your body in, in a way that is toxic, and by way I mean eating eating heavy late at night or, or eating only sugar, right? It's not just the substance, it's also the way you eat. If we are filling ourselves within with things that block us, with things that stop the flow of this system that was made by our spirit for our spirit, made by the divine uh, with coding within us that our, our system is not just how we eat, sleep, and drink and, and walk through this earth and process foods and the air. It's also a house for our spirit. If your house is dirty, if this house for your spirit is dirty and full of toxins and not flowing, then your spirit is going to be less inclined to keep visiting. <laughs> or it, it might not even be that it's not visiting, it's that the mechanisms in which you would connect to that spirit and that mechanism of dreaming is blocked, is clogged. Again, these are my interpretations. These are things that, these are things that I encourage all of you to do deeper research and study in. And I will say that your research and study should in fact include divine practice outside of Western science. Sure, look at Western science and see what it says and take what you need from it. But ultimately, nothing of note happens without nature. Uh, not even nothing of note. Nothing happens without divine nature and having a clean house for your, for your spirit to thrive in is, is uh, nature. It will not thrive without a clean house. You know, one way to, if you're trying to get back into dreaming, one way to start that is in your waking life, start a meditative practice, start as early as possible before you do anything else. As soon as you wake up, because when you wake up, your spirit is just coming back into your body after journeying. Your avatar is, is awakening and your spirit is supposed to be jumping right back into your body at that time. And so, and it's honestly, it's, this is most powerful if you get up at like four o'clock in the morning, but if you can't 
Set two alarms. Get yourself up 20 minutes before your actual alarm of when you need to get out of your bed and wake yourself up and start a meditation and let your meditation be, I wish to dream. Show me what I need to do. Just meditating on that question and breathing. Or it could be, or I don't suggest asking why don't I dream because that's not the goal. The goal is to dream. So the meditation could be, I wish to dream. I wish to dream. It could be simply calling it back in will start that process for you. And over time, you'll find out how to intensify that for yourself. Okay. The last question is, how do I start to read my dreams and understand them? Well, as I said before, it's important to find, it's important to do your own research and it's important to find your own divine spiritual practices. But one really great way is keep a journal. And I actually was just talking about this with somebody. Keep a journal and develop a practice of putting it really close to you, not across the room or in another room. And my friend was saying that she actually keeps one next to her head. I actually keep mine right next to my feet on a shelf that's right next to to where I get out of, of my bed. So I kind of sit up and I grab my journal. The best way is to just start writing them down. You will notice because, because, you know, there's this thing, we get up and we have this dream. It might be really intense. We get up, but with every minute, as we come more into this waking life, we're getting further away from where, from the realness of, of what was happening in our dreams. Sometimes we're lucky and we wake up and those dreams stick with us and they're very clear. But most of the time, 90% of the time we start to forget as we, as we continue on with our waking life in the beginning. And so the best thing you can do is keep a journal and just get yourself into that habit of writing them down. I do this thing where there's a certain point in which I start to wake up and it'll be three or four hours before I actually need to wake up because whatever that dream cycle was, it's over. And so I need to, I found out I need to record my dreams then because in that cycle, that three hour cycle before I actually have to get up and go do things, I don't remember my dream from before that. And so I actually have two dream cycles. I have a long one and then I have a short one. So that's the best way is to just get diligent about recording it, about recording those dreams on paper. Ultimately, I'm really glad people are asking these questions and I'm hoping that after listening to this podcast, you will be inspired to engage with your dreams. And I definitely want to hear about it and you can let me know at wokewisdompodcast at gmail.com and ask your questions there as well as at 601-301-6974. So that's it. Stay awake. Stay healthy. Dream sweetly. My blog should be coming out in just a couple of weeks over at alexandraloves.com. There's an S on the end of love. I'm really excited to share that with you. I've gone through all of the work I've done over the last many years and putting it all in one place, (laughs) one place of focal point. I love focal points. And Hey, did you like this podcast? Did you get value out of this podcast? If so, share it with a friend. We all have those friends who we know need that one message, right? And I hope that you can take just a few moments to bring a five-star review and take even a quickie moment to leave a review. It really helps me get this message 
out there. And you can do that wherever you're listening to podcasts. So thank you, listeners. Thank you for supporting. Thank you for reciprocating. And thank you to my benevolent spirits and ancestors for clearing my way and infinitely blessing me. May you be blessed. Bye-bye. The original and healthy beats for this podcast were created by Quincy Davis. His details are in the show notes. Woke Wisdom podcast episodes are written, hosted, produced, and edited by me, Alexandra Loves. My guests, of course, bring their own wisdom. If you have any questions you want me to answer on the podcast, you can email me at wokewisdompodcast at gmail.com or even better, text the podcast at 601 601- 301-6974. I would be so grateful if you helped me share these messages far and wide by boosting the podcast with good reviews on Apple Podcasts or by sharing the episodes with friends and groups and families on social media. That would be so awesome. It just takes a few moments and a few clicks. Click, 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 clicky, click. Be blessed and I'll see you next week. Oh, one more thing. They told me I needed a disclaimer, so cue the music. Let's do this. The information in all podcast episodes and corresponding materials, the Woke Wisdom Podcast with Alexandra Loves, are provided for general informational and explorative purposes only. It is not professional advice. Any content provided by Alexandra Loves, guests, bloggers, sponsors, or authors are of their own opinion and not intended to defame, slander, or malign any person, place, or thing. No guarantees given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast or attached material. Alexandra Loves and her guests are not therapists, counselors, physicians, unless otherwise stated. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast or corresponding materials to treat any mental, physical, or medical condition in either yourself or others. Please seek out appropriate professionals for help. Privacy matters to the Woke Wisdom Podcast. People, places, and scenarios mentioned in the podcast may be changed to protect confidentiality. Through this podcast and corresponding materials, you're able to link to other websites which are not under the control of this podcast or Alexandra Loves. The inclusion of any links does not necessarily imply a recommendation or endorse the views expressed within them. In no event is the Woke Wisdom Podcast or Alexandra Loves liable for any loss or damage, including without limitation, indirect or consequential loss or damage, or any loss and damage whatsoever arising from your interaction with this podcast or corresponding materials. This podcast and all corresponding materials should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever. This podcast and all corresponding material is owned and copyrighted by Alexandra Loves. You are welcome to download and play the podcast and share with others for personal use. Please acknowledge the Woke Wisdom Podcast with Alexandra Loves as the source of the material. You may not, except without our express written permission, distribute or commercially exploit the content. Email wokewisdompodcast at alexandralove.com to attain written permission.